I'm going to offer some ongoing uh, instructions in meditation. Uh, what I'd like to start with is um, a couple of things that came up in uh, the small group yesterday. So just uh, we we discussed a couple of um, things and uh, thought it would be useful to share it in a larger group as well. <clears throat> uh, so. Uh, so one one thing is that uh, somebody asked about uh, the practice of noting or labeling, and um, uh, so I don't usually teach that practice. It's a technique, really, in samatha practice. Um, and but I, I'd like to explain what it is and how it can be used, and and uh, uh, and sort of why I don't teach it and the cautions around it. So so noting practice is um, you know in samatha like the practice is you know we're, we're sitting, we're connecting with the object of meditation so let's uh, just say it's the breath um, and uh, and so then the mind by habit gets caught up in thinking and or planning, or um, fantasizing, or remembering something, so on, on and on, narrating. You know, all these all these habits of mind that that pull us away from being present in the moment with our with, with our experience right now. And um, and so then there's you know the, the mind is is drifting and getting carried, and. Um, and then there's a moment of recognition, a kind of a mindful moment in which we we remember, uh, oh yeah, the breath, right? Uh, I'm meditating. I'm not off in some, you know, drama that I'm creating in my mind. And um, uh, and so the noting practice then would come up, and and the note might be, you know, planning. Uh, if that's what the mind is doing, or, or, uh, or arguing, you know, or, or might name a state like uh, jealousy, or might say, you know, remembering. Uh, so, you know, you you can be very specific in the note, or you can be more general, just say thinking, you know, or, you know sleepiness or whatever it is so um, and then so then you you're kind of putting a label on the uh, the process the mental process that you kind of woke up in and and then you bring your attention back to the breath so so that can be helpful um, in in that it um, it really in a way helps to uh, it, it's actually replacing a thought with another thought you know so so you know because it's it's saying uh, so you recognize say you're planning and then you you say planning so it's 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 perceiving the thought labeling it and then and then you come back to the to the breath. Uh, so, in in other words, you're kind of 
but you but in doing the labeling the the advantage is that we kind of get to know what uh, it helps us get to know what are our habitual states of mind as we're the labeling them. Um, and um, I mean you know we we can get to know anyway because we recognize them you know even if we don't kind of put the label there's a perception that okay this is anger or you know but we may not sort of formally put the label but um, but the label kind of you know names it it brings it into our conceptual mind uh, a bit more completely the reason I tend not to teach it is is that um, it becomes habitual, so we. It's a good. It could be a helpful samatha practice. Um, in vipassana, I don't think it's so useful, because in vipassana practice, we're not so much focusing on letting go, but we're more focused on investigating the mindful investigation of the nature of what is planning. You know what? What is this kind of drivenness? You know, I remember being on retreat once and kind of talking to my mind, and uh, and like I had planned something, and then you know I planned it again, and I planned it again, <laughs> and again, and again. Okay, it's planned enough, <laughs> and um, so. Um, but what you know, what what is needed rather than just looking at the mind is, you know, what is the energy? What is the what's what's driving all this planning? So you know, the way that I find is is very effective to do that is to investigate in the body what's the nature of that energy that is being expressed in the mind as planning and planning and planning again you know compulsively um, and 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 by examining mindfully um, it helps us to give space to that energy so that it can move through us and we discover its transient nature so so if if we're habitually just labeling it um then we may not go deeper and investigate it, investigate the nature of it, and discover its impermanent, selfless, and unsatisfactory nature. Those are the characteristics that the Buddha taught, you know, characterize all of our sensory and mental experience. So in in Buddhist teaching, the mind is is actually one of the senses. So, um, so uh, the the impermanent nature of it, you know, is very key, and that it's just coming up. I'm not making it come up, you know, um, and uh, and that it is unsatisfactory, whether it's pleasant or unpleasant. It can't give us any kind of lasting sense of fulfillment or well-being or happiness. So, um, so if we try to hold on to an experience or push it away, um, then you know we're uh, we're kind of stuck in it. Um, 
The other thing that, that came up, which was interesting and it's connected to this, is that you know a couple of people talked about um, you know wanting to sort of turn off the mind, and you know that sort of this idea of having a silent mind, and so to turn off the mind. Uh, and so we don't turn, we can't turn off the mind. Um, we never turned it on. <laughs> There's no switch. Um, and we can't turn it off. Um, and, uh, but, but what changes is our relationship to our thoughts. Um, in that, you know, we recognize their thoughts. And they're, they're moving through. They're arising and they're passing away. So in the samatha practice, you know what we're doing is, you know, the mind, the mind grasps onto thoughts. The mind, you know, kind of feeds our thoughts by holding onto them and following them and give them a, giving them attention. So you know, if we're planning, then we're just, you know, continuing to plan and plan and plan, and and we're giving that attention and. There's a drivenness to it, but but you know, in the mind, what's happening is that we're feeding it with our attention, and so uh, what we're doing is we're actually you know not turning off the thoughts, but we're refocusing our attention, or we're replacing placing our attention somewhere else which is on the breath, on the meditation object. Mm-hmm. So we're, I mean, it, it, it's not so much that we're letting go, it's that, I mean, it, a metaphor that, that came to mind is, you know, imagine that you're, you know, on a rushing river, which is going toward a waterfall, and you're holding onto a log, okay? And you're, you're holding onto the log to, keep, to stay afloat. And, um, and then somebody comes along in a raft and says, you know, kind of, yeah, you know, come on, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll rescue you. So, so grab onto the raft. So you have to let go of the log in order to hold, get onto the raft, right? So it's, it's like you're using the same capacity of the mind to hold on to something but you're transferring it to something which is beneficial to you. And it's the same with the uh, turning the attention to the meditation object. You're turning away from something which is kind of just the same old, same old, you know, compulsive um, and, uh, you know, energy that's feeding the same old habits which create suffering and um, and we're transferring it to the breath, which you know has this quality of being a present moment and neutral object, which brings us to our senses. You know, so the expression "come to your senses." So it brings us to our senses. It brings us to the present moment. It's using that same capacity of the mind to hold on, and then and then you know. As we do that, we're training the mind to be present. So, so the mind doesn't ever turn off. Uh, and, and so when we're not practicing samatha, you know, there will be thoughts. 
and you know, but we begin to recognize thoughts as thoughts. We we change our relationship to them so that they, you know, we once we realize that we have the capacity to let go and not be driven, it's like, oh yeah, you know, you're just a thought. You know, you're not. I, I'm not. I'm not so fooled. You know, as to think that you know this is reality. It's it's happening in my mind, and and so we we become more more wise, more uh, equanimous about our thoughts. Any question about that? So, um, so I wanted to talk uh, today about the um, how love and compassion are woven through this practice, and um, and I'll talk more about it this afternoon. But just I'd like to introduce. In, the, in this time for instruction, um, the quality of attention that mindfulness is um, contains uh, this heart quality of, of kindness and compassion and acceptance. It's, it's implicit within it. So mindfulness... Um, as I've said, is attention in the present moment. So it's attention to what's happening right now. It doesn't we can be mindful of thoughts. We can be mindful of memories. So it's not it's not that you know it's only kind of things that are happening right now in the physical world, but. You know what's happening in the mind when a memory comes up is that a memory is coming up. It's not that we're back in that. You know, we're not back in time when we're remembering something. We might feel like we're back in time, but actually, what we're experiencing is a thought, which is a memory, uh, which is an imprint in some way on the brain. It's not what actually happened. It's how we perceived it. And it's how we remember it. You know, we can never remember everything that happened. Like, you know, if if you know, if some of you know each other, and you, uh, you know, after this retreat is over, and you go home and you talk about the retreat, well, there are you know, there are different memories. Each each one of us is having a different experience, and so, you know, some. You might remember one thing, your friend might remember another thing. Um, so, so, so mindfulness is of present moment experience, whether it's uh, sensory experience through the body senses or through the mind. And, um, and it is, uh, and we bring in that, in that, Quality of mindfulness. There is. Um, it's. It's not. It's not 
driven by greed or hatred. So, you know, it's, it's there's there's not those colorings of of greed and or or hatred that would be kind of um, uh, motivating. The motivation is is not you know something unskillful. So so it's it, it's non judging. It's non preferring. You know if um, you know if it's if our attention is is motivated by greed or hatred, then you know we want a specific outcome. You know we want to you know like if it's a burglar trying to you know listen for the sound of a lock that he's you know trying to pick then he's you know listening and it's a very unskillful motivation right he's he's listening for the sound and his attention might be very you know focused but it's an unskillful motivation so mindfulness you know has a skillful motivation which is to be present and to to um, uh, to uh, just be with experience as it as it uh, unfolds, and so it's non-judging uh, in the sense of you know not preferring one thing over another, um, and and that has um, that has profound implications for our meditation practice. I remember uh, when I first began practicing a Vipassana meditation or insight meditation. And, um, you know, and my mind was, you know, stabilizing in present moment awareness. And, um, and I'd be sitting and, <coughs> and uh, you know, the mind was right there and feeling the breath. And then a thought would arise, and I'd recognize the thought. And and um, so, let's say, it was uh, a judging thought. You know, so a thought of judgment would come up, you know, judging something, criticizing something. And, and then the immediate reaction after that would be slam the door. <laughs> I don't want that thought. Like, that's not a good thought. You know, that's not who I am, according to my, my self-estimation at the time. Um, my, I'm not a judging person. I'm, you know... I'm a nice person. And, you know, and all these things that ideas about myself that I want to believe about myself that I am this kind of self. Um, and um, and so, you know, my immediate reaction was to slam the door on any evidence to the contrary. So. Um, uh, so gradually, um, I began to recognize that actually opening the door, you know, as um, there's a beautiful poem by Rumi called The Guest House, you know, it says, open the door and welcome all the guests. 
think I have it with me. I'll read it in a few minutes. Um, and um, and so I, I began to realize that um, that I, you know, I need to accept everything that comes up because that is what's coming up. Uh, it's if I have some some idea, some some notion, some belief about what this psychophysical organism is, um, I, I'm shutting out the truth. So, uh, yes, yes, there's, there's kindness and there's compassion and there's also, you know, a critical mind which comes up. And, um, and so the discernment is, uh, you know, which is skillful and which is unskillful. So the kindness and the love, uh, you know, that's required to say, uh, yes, come on in. Um, love for the truth, love for um, this being, and also compassion for the suffering that, you know, the habits of mind uh, that are being repressed, that are being shut out, denied, are, are holding. Does that make sense? Is that, is that clear or unclear? Any confusion? Um, so when we, we, when we actually acknowledge that, you know, there's all kinds of things coming up, uh, in our minds, it's it's compassionate. Um, so it doesn't mean that we we believe it or that we hold on to it, hold on to the judgment. But it means that we acknowledge that it's there, that it's coming up, and it's it comes up because of different kinds of <coughs> causes and conditions <coughs> and experiences and. You know, all of the, you know, our upbringing, our culture, our, our, uh, the different kinds of um, messages that we're getting all the time, you know, in our lives. You know, so, um, you know, I, I was talking with somebody recently about, um, about the kind of habitual discriminations that we make, prejudices that we hold, you know, um, towards certain kinds of people, people who are not like us, whether it's a different skin color or religion or, or, um, uh, or language or um, ethnicity, you know. And, and these are, we're blind to these, we deny them. Um, and it's really important that we become aware of our conditioning so that we can open our heart and that we allow we have enough compassion for ourselves and for the world 
that we can actually be honest about, you know, when are we having, you know, biased reactions to certain people that, you know, who are, who we feel are not like us, you know, because of our conditioning. And, uh, and so we close ourselves to their humanity. So, so we need to be really honest. I think one of the ways to, to think about meditation practice is, is deep honesty. You know, really being very, very honest with ourselves. You know, opening the door. Um, and seeing what's there. And, and that is ultimately, we do that from love. There's this quality of acceptance and love. You know, it's like, it's like if you say to somebody, you know, your child or your dear friend, you know, you see that they're, they're unhappy. Um, say, yeah, I want to I know what's going on. Please tell me. <coughs> so our hearts are open, and our hearts need to be open to ourselves as well. So, so, so this connects with vipassana, in in that you know as we as our as our attention becomes stable, and we um, we begin to see what those habits of mind are and what the drivenness is that keeps us planning, planning, planning or or the habits of jealousy that come up, you know, when you think you know, somebody you know, gets something or does something and you think that should be, you know, me I should have that, you know, it's not fair or, you know, I want that uh, and then you know, it's like so there's this energy that comes up and it's, or or, or you just want something, you know, this grasping energy comes up and the mind keeps... And, then, and so then, why do we investigate it? Why would we investigate it? It's not, it's not just to, um, to kind of discover, you know, all the, the negative stuff about ourselves. It's to become free. It's to see through these habits... And, and the motivation for that is love. You know, love and caring and compassion for ourselves. And so the quality of investigation, <coughs> you know, is interest. It's, uh, so we're, when we, so when I use the word investigation, it's that simple, what I was talking about last night, that simple question, asking the question, so what is this? What is this? What is this planning, compulsive planning mind? And where is it happening in the body? And so then we touch into the body and we realize there's all this anxiety and insecurity. You know, it's like, oh, people are not going to like me and they're not going to like my presentation or, you know, or my work or how I look or whatever it is that we're planning planning about and and, and so 
we can bring to that this quality of presence and acceptance and openness. And just as we open to that, it actually, mindfulness has this quality of giving it space to move through us. So then it can, it, because, because our, <coughs> our suffering wants to be, wants to be known, wants to be received, it wants to be, uh, you know, if we push it aside, deny it, you know, it just kind of, it's a way of clinging to it. It's a way of holding it down. But um, it's it, it sounds kind of funny, but I can't think of another way of expressing it. There's something about the things that we're pushing away and, and denying and repressing. They just they just want to be known. You know? And so that's why I begin the metta practice with this this contemplation of a spacious heart. That we have a spacious heart in which everything that we are can be received. Everything that we think, everything that we feel can be received. It's just it doesn't define us. It's just human. It's our humanity. You know, it's our humanity where we have the capacity to be everything. And it's what we cultivate that becomes what, you know, really is predominant in in our being. One of these days I'm going to alphabetize all my poetry. Maybe I should put it on my computer. Questions about anything I've said and how it pertains to your meditation? Uh, regarding to uh, judgment, you say um, to be accepting of all the judgments that we hear. Um, I have a tendency, I guess, to want that to be changed over time, to not have so much judgment. I have said that it's part of who I am now. But if I understand correctly, the idea is not so much to want the judging attitude to change, but to be free. So even if it's there, to not kind of attach to it and kind of yeah. announce it. Is, yeah, yeah. I think that that's... And, and over time, when we're not, you know, nourishing... Um, ha- habits of mind with our attention, they do diminish. You know, 
it's um, you know I've seen I've seen this in myself you know so that um, habits of mind that you know I would get totally sucked into and there would be a whole story about <laughs> it and and you know I would be kind of uh, in a mood about it for a lot you know for you know maybe hours um, and and then when there's you know be and 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 so what was going on there was that I was being driven by that energy of it, my thoughts, my actions, um, you know, what I said, perhaps. And, um, and I, you know, I thought that I had to fix something out in, you know, in my relationships or in the world. But, uh, but when I began to turn toward, you know, these habits of mind, and and just see them for what they are, you know, and 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 have the courage and compassion to to be with the energy of of it. Um, so, you know, uh, so say grasping, you know, like um, to say to, to to turn toward it and and recognize. Okay, that's. That's grasping, and what, and what is that? You know, what is the energy of that in my body? How do I feel that? Um, you know, which is the vipassana practice, the investigation, mindful investigation, and 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 so you know, just bring this this interest, you know, out of compassion for myself because I don't want to keep being driven by that, and and then I see, you know what that characteristic energy is. I get to know it, you know, and it's, it's, it's something that has its own quality. Um, and, and then the next time I'm going to recognize it more, maybe not right away, but at some point, you know, more and more I'll recognize it. I'll be less driven by it. And, um, uh, and, and then you know, it will come up as a kind of a a little energy surge, you know. But it doesn't hook in the same way. And and then there are some there are some habits that you know they're just not they're just not appearing anymore, you know. So so the Buddha said in his teaching about that, he said notice. Um, he said notice when unskillful habits of mind are present and and you know let them go and then also notice when they're not present you know so it's 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 like what i said that this teacher said to me when i went into the into the meditation retreat and i was full of fear and she said you know notice the fear and 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 be with it, and also notice the spaces in between. So notice when it's it's dissipated. Notice when it doesn't appear. You know. So so there are situations that come up that you know I used to have certain reactive patterns. You know, like I had a very strong pattern of feeling like I don't belong, you know, like 
I don't, I don't belong. And it came from my childhood and experiences in my childhood. It's like, okay, I don't belong. And, um, and so going into a new group of people was always very difficult for me because I'd always feel, uh, you know, I don't belong. You know, like, I'm not wanted. I don't belong. I don't fit in. And, uh, and so, and it was always very painful, too, because, you know, even getting to know it was a very strong pattern, and even getting to know it, I'd still feel it in my body, you know, and I'd breathe with it, and, you know, be with it, and, and then I began to notice, hey, it's not coming up, <laughs> that's nice, I feel space, I feel space just to be, you know, um, and, you know, and also being with it, having compassion for ourselves and, and you know, going through that process of recognizing that, you know, that pattern is not who we are, it, it, it arises from causes and conditions. It also gives us compassion for other people who, you know, some, sometimes we, we look around and we say, you know, uh, that person also might be feeling something like that. So it, that, uh, that compassion, uh, a compassionate practice we do for ourselves equips us to to see, see and receive others in their, also in their kind of uh, suffering. So, yeah, it does, it does diminish over time. It, you know, it starts by, you know, recognizing it. <coughs> Any other question? It's not a question, it's a comment. I don't understand why we are judging differences. I mean, it's natural to be different. <laughs> we are, in fact, we are all different. Yeah. So... It's supposed to be more natural to accept the difference because nothing is the same. I mean, all of us is different and we see it. So it's like if children, when they are very young, they see the difference but they don't touch it. And after we, I don't know, we are uh, in a pattern and we are less open, but it's natural to be different. Yeah. So that's weird. It's a real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, um, I mean, you know, we could speculate on where does this come from. You know, this this sense of, you know, kind of uh, maybe fear. Yeah, like, I I want to feel safe. I want to be with. You know, my family, my kin, my tribe, you know, and, you know, exclude others who we feel don't belong. Uh, I mean, ultimately, you know, the Buddha says it, it comes from ignorance. Um, and, and he also said, um, it's not actually that helpful. I mean, you know, we can wonder, we can wonder about it. I, and I think that you're, you're just expressing this, you know, like, this is so strange, you know, why are we so fearful of the differences, you know? Um, and the Buddha said, you know, we can wonder about the causes of suffering, uh, 
you know, like in in the world and and why people fight and but you know, it, I mean, he said it comes down to greed, hatred, and delusion. You know, which which in a way are natural. You know, they're natural. Um, but they cover over what is even more natural, which is, you know, our uh, common life, our shared life. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I think that in a way, uh, to make a statement like that, you know, there's a certain degree of confidence, an openness, you know, which is. Um, which is really great. It was wonderful. And not everybody experiences that because of the causes and conditions of their lives. So, yeah. So, so further to that then, how do you, like, short of having everybody in this room, I want them to move to my neighborhood to be surrounded by people who are open-minded and want to learn and want to investigate. What do you do with the toxic people? who always shut you down and say, you know, recently somebody said, oh, you're turning into a tree hugger, we don't want to be hanging around with you. It's like, what? You know, like these judgments, and how do you react to it? Like, do you stay where you are to fit in? Or do you just, how do you deal with that? Um, let's, let's focus today on what's coming from within. And then tomorrow, when we're kind of talking about going back into our kind of every, everyday lives we can talk about more about relationships and you know but but I think I think we need to to uh, my my understanding is that the process is the judgments the self-judgments and the judgments of others that come up from you know within our own selves are what we're working with first of all orientation and it gives us a basis for understanding if not understanding you know why like in a very broad sense the way Karine was was asking um, but but sort of you know how it comes up and how it manifests and um, yeah and ultimately uh, what we can do to let it go. So let's meditate. Let's let's sit for a while. <coughs> Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.